Welcome in on a Friday. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. <clears throat> it's the first time I've spoken today, so I'm actually uh, clearing the cobwebs out, but better today. A lot better today. Good stuff. Uh, but we made it through the week. I made it through. You made it through. We're all good. And uh, Packers coming into this contest, they've got a broken thumb on one running back, a bad knee on another running back. Patrick Taylor's trying to figure out how to get out of bounds when time's running down. they got all kinds of stuff going on, but they have to have this one this coming weekend because it's not going to get uh, – you got uh, the Carolina Panthers, but then you got a tough Vikings team up in Minnesota who we're going to get a chance to watch tomorrow, which is kind of nice. And then, uh, obviously, you close things out with a – a Bears team that seems to be surging at the right time. In the meantime, at what point do you fire Staley over in uh, in L.A. for the Chargers? Holy mackerel! Holy mackerel! What a uh, what a tough day they had at the office yesterday out in uh, Vegas. Uh, that was an ugly game last night. Watched it and it just finally just went was like, oh, okay, I'm going to sleep. This isn't even a game. This isn't even worth watching at this point. Bad game last night. By our uh, Packers, excuse me, uh, Raiders fans loved it, but uh, yeah, Chargers fans, they, they just are throwing their hands, and they've got all kinds of cap issues too going into next season because they kind of went for it this year, and uh, they signed some extensions, they brought in some free agents. Herbert goes down with the uh, the busted up finger, thumb, and he's done for the season. So this thing's just completely derailed itself, and off they go. So the uh, the Chargers are just a, an abysmal, abysmal team, and it doesn't get much easier for them. They've got a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. I think they got the Chiefs and the and the Bills on that schedule for the last few games. So, not an easy way to go. You want to get a hold of us eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You can hit us up. You can find us over on uh, Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us there. You can also track us down today. Uh, via uh, Grant Bills, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. You can find him there. You can also find us in a couple of different facets as well. That's over on uh, YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Find us on LinkedIn. Find us on Twitch TV, Kick TV. Email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And then there's always the app, which is W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison, The Zone Madison. And then after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, as well uh good stuff uh grant how you doing today i'm doing good i skipped thursday night football last night uh i had some plans with friends and i checked the score you at halftime nothing and exactly i checked the score at halftime i was like oh 49 to nothing okay so i didn't i didn't miss anything there i did watch badger volleyball when i got back to my apartment last yeah. night and that was a bummer that was too bad yeah that was uh that was tough they uh, ended up there at least you know hey again another successful season don't get me wrong but you would have loved to have seen them advance and and win a championship, but uh, but yeah, man, what a what a run! What a, and here's the thing: I can't remember the last time I've gone to sports bars and volleyball is on. You, you know, I mean, it it became a thing for the last few years in the state of Wisconsin. It's become a thing. Uh, we were down Stenny's a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week, as a matter of fact, on Thursday night, and volleyball was on. We were. You know, when we had the party here this past weekend, volleyball was on. Everybody wanted to see what the volleyball teams were doing. So I can't remember the last time that volleyball has become a thing. They made it a thing. So that, that's which is great. It's just, it, it's great that uh, the the horizons are expanded, so to speak. But 
Uh, it's tough that the uh, season comes to an end, but congratulations getting down to the Final Four. So good, good stuff. Uh, we got Greg Allman, who covers the NFC South for Fox Sports. He's going to be joining us coming up here in a little bit. Mike Clemens in the final hour of the show today. We got all kinds of good stuff by ourselves today. We'll do a little what do we miss at some point today. But uh, today is a day where the Packers and uh, I did go out. I went out to dinner last night and uh, didn't. Kristen and I went out. We just grabbed a little uh, place up the street, a little Casa Tequila, and uh, just did uh, did some food last night because I hadn't eaten anything. I needed to eat something. So we went up there, ate last night, and again, volleyball's on, football's on. Sat there, had uh, I had drank water because I don't think I can drink much alcohol, dry myself out, and sound even worse. But sat up there last night and just kind of enjoyed the evening for the first time in a while, and uh, just listened to people talk about the Badger volleyball team, about what a great job it is, what they've done, how they've raised awareness. Uh, one woman was talking about how there's, they've seen an influx of people uh, in the, at the high school level start getting into volleyball. So volleyball is is sweeping the state. I guess is the best way to put it. In the meantime, the Packers trying to gear up and get themselves ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the spread, the, the, uh, the spread is what three and a half? I think in this contest. That's what it was when we did our picks on Wednesday night. Let me see if it yeah. moved. It is such, and I'd said this the other day. Usually, you get three points for being at home, so which is you know normal. Um, but then you think when I and I told you when you go through the statistics. These two teams are so evenly matched. I mean, the the quarterbacks, the numbers, um, the the offense, the defense, what they give up, what they score. It it really is kind of a quirky, evenly matched game. But the Packers, I think, were three and a half when we did the picks. Um, I'm hoping the Packers get a win. They need this one. They and the reason being is for a couple of things. Uh, and, and and again, this goes back to our conversation last night. And there was a guy that was sitting next to me and talked about how they had to get this game. And and I said, you're right. And because you have to, one, bounce back from what you did in New York. Two, you really don't have much room, wiggle room here. You know, you don't want to have to win out. You want to beat the teams you need to beat. And this is a team you need to beat. Carolina's a team you need to beat. Minnesota, you want to beat Minnesota to bust up that tiebreaker. And then, obviously, Chicago down the stretch because Chicago still has some kind of gasp of life. If you listen to uh, uh, some of the uh, Chicago Sports Talk radio, they have some kind of a, a gasp of life that they feel that if Justin Fields keeps playing the way he's playing, they're going to find their way into the postseason, which I don't believe it, but you know that's at least there's hope in that fan base. So, that being said, Packers got to get this one. But you've got two banged-up running backs. You've got a banged-up wide receiving core. You've got some banged up defensive uh, defensive backs. If they get into the postseason, and as time goes on, without sustaining other injuries, how good could this team be if they get healthy? Think about it. Do I think they're going to go in and knock off San Francisco even at one hundred percent? Probably not. But you would have you would think that if they went in to San Francisco at one hundred percent. They could maybe hang a little, you know? I, I It would probably be an eight-point spread. But at least that would be, for, for the first season, the way it would play out, that would be, to me, respectable. If they go into Philadelphia and keep it even closer, that would be respectable. That would be a really solid start to the, the Jordan Love era. But you get beaten this game, you don't make the postseason for where you're at right now, 
I know all the excuses are, well, we didn't expect it anyway. Yeah, that's fine, but now they're, they're on the precipice of making it. So you don't back off of your expectation now just because at the beginning of the season you didn't think they could. So now my expectation went from seven, maybe eight wins to now nine at the very least and the postseason. Unless, of course, a tiebreaker doesn't fall their way. But I, I think that's realistic. I think that's honest. And I've changed my perspective. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, give us a shout, please feel free to de- uh, do so. Uh, Sean says, San Francisco hung 40 on both Dallas and Philly on the road. And if Purdy is healthy, they would run Green Bay off the field by halftime. You think so? You think so? I think there would be a – it would be a very tough game. I don't disagree with that. But I, what I said was is if they can stay within eight, eight, ten points, that'd be, that'd be kind of that moral victory. I agree with you, though. San Francisco is a juggernaut, no doubt. If everyone's at full strength, I don't, I don't know that the Packers can play a real close game against the Niners, maybe for a couple quarters. But we talked about this yesterday, Bill. What a great lesson that would be, and it would be a tough lesson. But if the Packers get into the playoffs and they get stomped by the Niners, that sends a good message to all these first, second-year players that, okay, if that's the team you want to beat, it's going to take a lot more, right? This was a fun, peppy first kind of season with Jordan Love, but we're still miles away from where we want to be. Uh, and that might be a nice dose of reality going into this offseason to keep everyone focused, as weird as it right. sounds. Yep, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, Rick says, I understand, but for everyone to talk about them, but would be an embarrassing one and done. Who cares? I, I mean, who cares? You, if that's what you're going to hang your hat on, then you've missed the point of the season. And, I mean, if you're talking about the Packers, maybe you could be talking about the Bears, I don't know. But for the Packers, who cares? To get that team into the postseason, to understand what it's to, – to go on the road, whether it's to Philadelphia – or San Francisco, or even Dallas, depending on where you got to go, to go on the road and to play in that environment, to experience that, that's that's lesson, man. That That's the way you learn. That's the way you grow. Who cares? So as opposed to what? Not going to the postseason? Not winning games? You know? Come on. I, there's no way. I, You know, I, there are these people that think, well, if they can't win at all, don't go. Don't go. No, you need experience. You, you know, I remember doing an interview with uh, Aaron Rodgers the following year after they ended up getting beat in Arizona in his first playoff appearance. And I'd asked him, I said, would you rather have not have made it? He said, oh, God, no. They learned so much about the, about the level of play, about the intensity, about, you know, even amperage when it comes to the, the, the loudness of stadiums getting even louder come the postseason. The energy, the feel of that game, oh yeah, they you know they it's invaluable to especially to a, a young group of people. So absolutely, you want them to go to the postseason, one hundred percent. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Will says Houston's hoping for the same thing. I, I, there's a lot of teams right now, a lot of teams hoping for the same thing. It, it is a real scrum right now. Once you get past the top two or three in each conference, it's a scrum for so many. I like the fact that so many teams are still in it. There's so many meaningful games coming up this weekend, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. 
877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. I want to pick up there. Is it important? Is it important or more so, would it be disappointing if the Packers did not make the postseason? That's the question. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Oh, oh. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. You know, eventually... (laughs) I don't know how soon, but eventually it's going to get cold, right? I keep talking about it. And you're going to want to get away. You're going to want to maybe head to an all-inclusive, take a cruise, something. Our people are good people down at uh, Cruise Planners. Kirk and the gang, great people, and they can help you out. They can send you anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, whether it's just uh, down to the Bahamas or Italy. I mean, they can do anything, and they're great people, and they can plan the, uh, the trip of a lifetime or just a quick getaway. But uh, go with people that you trust. Go with people that can help you out, give you kind of the odds and the ends, and let you know good places and such. That's our friends at Cruise Planners. Uh, Kirk, uh, call them, 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. That's land and cruise vacations, but our friends at Cruise Planners, they're awesome people, awesome people. Uh, again, just give them a shout, Three, uh, 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. I'll tell you one thing. I'm excited about the weekend, and not because it's the weekend, but I'm excited. You got good football both days, meaningful football both days. The games on Saturday are awesome, and, and, and for many different reasons. One, you've got Cincinnati that's led by Browning hosting Minnesota, and it looks like Justin Jefferson with that chest injury is going to play in that ball game coming up this week. And that's down at Paycor Stadium. And that is the noon game tomorrow. And then the Steelers, who are still getting it done, the Steelers and the Colts. And when you look at these standings, the, right now, Steelers are winning the tiebreaker over the Colts based upon the, the best win percentage in common games. Now, eventually, that's going to, that, that could flip-flop because – the Colts could end up with a better record if they'd knock off the Steelers and vice versa. Then the Steelers would have eight wins. They'd go to eight and six in the season. And they would be right there behind Cleveland, unless Cleveland would take a loss. I mean, you know, then they would be tied. But you, you still got Cincinnati lurking back there at seven and six right now. If Cincinnati gets the win over Minnesota, then Cincinnati wins the tiebreaker over Buffalo based upon the head-to-head win percentage. Because remember, earlier in the year, 
with um, with uh, you know Jackpot Joey, Joe Burrow, they ended up beating Buffalo. Now, to that extent, we're watching that game because right now Minnesota is just a game above Green Bay in that sixth position in the NFC. So if the Packers can get a win and Minnesota takes a loss, those two teams then are tied, and it could come down to the tiebreaker at the end of the season when uh, I think it's the week or two before the season ends when the Packers face Minnesota, and they could end up winning that, and then who knows? You know, I mean, it goes on. So a lot of ramifications coming up tomorrow, and then tomorrow night you've got the uh, seven fifteen contest, the Broncos on the road in in Detroit, and the question then becomes. Are the Broncos going to continue to win? The Broncos could go to eight and six. Think about that. They started out one and five. If the Broncos win on the road in Detroit, two things. One, you got to look at the Broncos and go, holy crap, they're real. Because the Broncos, since starting one and five, will be eight or seven and one in their last eight games. Meanwhile, the Lions could continue to struggle. And at one point, they were nine and two. They're now nine and four, and now you start to think to yourself, oh boy, are these the same old Lions starting to show up? The Lions are going to make the postseason. They already have nine wins. But when you look at the, that Lions team, you're like, wow, wait a minute. What's going on with them? Three meaningful games coming up tomorrow. I'm geeked. I'm going to do a little Christmas shopping tomorrow, maybe a little mall walk at some point. But I, you know, I, I'm going to have it on in the radio, going to watch the games before I leave. Probably go someplace that I can have some dinner and watch some games. I, a lot of good stuff tomorrow. I'm excited for a whole weekend of sports. I mean, it's a good weekend, isn't it, Graham? I remember this weekend a year ago because I went out in the morning and I got like some Christmas. I procrastinate with Christmas shopping really bad. Able to bring all of the gifts back to my apartment. And then there's football on all day while I'm getting things wrapped. And like I was making a yeah. big dinner. Like I remember this week. Uh, a year ago, it was great, uh, and I, right. I like the Saturday games because I'm not the world's biggest college football guy, so I like having games on on Saturday. But we also don't have like the marquee games on Saturday, so if these games stink, it's not the end of the world. We still have what the the Cowboys and the Bills tomorrow, and they're still good games. And the right. best games aren't on on Saturday, which I kind of like. I know, but these are all meaningful games, which which I enjoy, and I agree with you. Then come Sunday, then. Sunday night, you've got really good games because obviously the Eagles and the uh, the Seahawks, uh, that's the late game. And then you've got the late afternoon game, which is the Cowboys and the Bills. And we all want to watch that game as well. That'll be on. By the way, we got, uh, we'll got we be at Burkle's one block over up in Green Bay doing the Green and Gold postgame show uh, immediately following the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. But we'll be there watching that game, paying attention to that. And then obviously the Philadelphia game and the, and the Seahawks game. and I, Just a lot of good games coming up this weekend. And I'm excited about speaking of that, uh, the presence and all that stuff, you know, it's uh, I agree because that's probably what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is go do some shopping, do a little walking around, grab some dinner. And I think coming home, taking it easy on the voice, fireplace, wrapping something hot with fluid of some type. And I'm 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 done for tomorrow night because we got to rebound and get up early on Sunday. So A hot fluid of some kind. Really, any fluid, any hot fluid of any kind with a little uh, A hot fluid of some type. <laughs> it will have a little bit of whiskey in it. It will have, I don't know if the hot toddy thing is, I, I've never been a big hot toddy fan. But the if you do a hot apple cider and pour some bourbon in it with a little bit of maple syrup, oh, that's Ooh. so good. 
Are you yeah. uh, are you a Tom and Jerry guy? Is that a drink that you're familiar with this time? I've here? never had that. I've never had that. But you've heard it. You know what it is. I've right? heard of it. Yes. Because I, no, I, I don't know what it is. I've found that it's like fifty fifty. I grew up in Tom and Jerry. Like we had non alcoholic Tom and Jerry's when we were little. Like we always had them. And then I, I meet people who've never even heard of them. So I, I guess I was curious. I've heard of them. Yes, they're they're a drink from from the throwback days of mom and dad. Because my dad was always either a Tom and Jerry or a Seven Seven. Yeah. Seven seven, I knew what that was. Tom and Jerry, I had no clue. I was I, he he switched over to seven seven by the time that I was old enough to uh, to understand what drinking was. Probably <laughs> six or seven years old. So. You figured it out at a young age. You got the gist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because Dad would drink the seven and sevens. When what what we did was, uh, and it, it's a story. I don't want to get too deep into it, but uh, the house that I lived in had an unfinished base, basement, and my dad was so proud that him and this contractor he hired finished the basement and built this bar themselves. And my dad had the old, the old Pabst guy that had his arm out where he was holding up the, uh, the platter of Pabst in the big mugs. And underneath it, it said Pabst Blue Ribbon sold here. You know, he was so proud of that sign that he found it in an antique store. And that sat on the back of the bar forever, forever. And then he built this little inlet thing where you could sit a few bottles that had two shelves and he sat his seven and six Seagram's bottles up there. And a couple other bottles I think were like for their friends that came over and that, and then he had an ice bucket, this ice bucket. My mom had given him for one of their, uh, one of their uh, Christmases and it had his initials in it on the ice bucket. So in the tongs. So my dad, my dad was a, look, he, he, he drove trucks and he managed grocery stores and owned grocery stores his whole life. And, but he was a sergeant in the Army. He, he wasn't like some highly educated white-collar guy. He was a blue-collar guy at heart. And he, to see my dad using tongs, you know, for one piece of ice at a time, and then during a party to go, oh, to hell with it. And he stuck his hand in there and th- threw the ice in the glass. But it was always seven and seven. That's when I learned that if you had enough seven and sevens, dad would walk crooked. Up the stairs. That's that's what that's what I learned. You put two and two together at a very young age. And yes, that's how it works. I started figuring it out. Yes, yeah. yes. Then again, at the age of probably six years old, I was probably six one. So, I was probably sitting at the bar, and they thought I was an adult. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, let's see here. Smith and Kearns. Never heard of that one. I've heard of it. Oh, I shouldn't say I've never heard of it. Heard of it. Never had it. Never heard. Never had it. Uh, any holiday, Scott says, glass bottle, sun drop, nectar of the gods, and a little bit of vodka. Not a bad way to go. You can't do a ton of alcohol because alcohol dries out your throat. I learned that years ago, too. Alcohol dries out your throat. Caffeine dries, because they always say hot tea and honey. Can't do tea. Tea has caffeine in it. So you just got to go straight, straight water, honey, hot water, that's it. Coats the, coats the back of the throat, and that's it. So that's, that's what I have in the, in the go time Yeti mug today. That's what I'm. That's what I'm sipping on. Um, this one's from Backyard uh, Brews. He says, on the flip side, what if the Packers beat Philadelphia or San Francisco and shock the world? The confidence would be sky high with his team, and it would be a great building block for the 2024 season. Play to win the game. Damn straight. Oh my God, I can't imagine that. Then, th- okay, let, let's take that scenario here for a minute. Say they get into the postseason, and. Uh, they get in with nine wins. Let's just say nine wins because I don't want to go crazy and say they win out. But let's say they get in with nine wins. And they face, say, San Francisco. They go into San Fran and beat San Francisco. Would it be 
that everything came. Then, then you got to think to yourself, what does this team need? You know what I mean? What is the needs of this team moving forward? I think you have to look at the left tackle position. I think you have to look at adding depth to your wide receiver position, probably your running back position. Certainly, you you know, then a plethora of defenders. And I hate to say that because they put so much, you know, draft capital into defenders at this point, but it's true. You want to bolster your defense. But to me, then depending on what kind of a contract extension, because at some point you're going to give it to Jordan Love anyway, you would figure, if, if indeed things play out this way, that you could then have at least money left over to fortify the holes you have. So if you have to go out and find another defensive back or, you know, uh, um, another wide out or whatever, I mean, you're going to have money that you can bring in a free agent or two or even defensive line depth or something to that effect. You could do that. You would have enough money left over to do that. So that would be an exciting offseason. And that would be – that would be a – you're right, that would be shock the world. If the Packers went in and shocked the world in San Francisco or Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I could see it happening. I think they could hang with Philadelphia. I think the the class of the NFL right now is San Francisco. That's, that's what I hope for. Um, or not hope for, but that's what I believe. I hope they can get a win this weekend, bringing the focus back to the Buccaneers. I just want to see this team – kind of wipe away what we saw on Monday night. That's what I want to that's what I want to see. 877-867-1670 stick around more of the Bill Michael show. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Program brought to you by Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Don't forget, they have got a lot of good things going on down there. Many different restaurants, pubs, all inside. The Street Eats is down there now. Rock and Brews. Not to mention the table games, slots, sports books open. And then there's the hotel. That's Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Uh, joining us now. On the hotline, Greg Allman. He is uh, covers for Fox Sports, the NFC South, and uh, to give us a lowdown as to what's going on down there in Tampa Bay. Greg, we appreciate it, man. How you doing today? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, uh, thanks for joining us. So these two teams pretty evenly matched. I mean, where does where does Tampa Bay have the edge in this contest? Do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. There's one area in particular. Uh, they're both, you know, really kind of same spot, fighting for. I mean. Bucks probably a little closer to a division title compared to a wild card, but uh, no, about the same. I mean, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see uh, how well they're able to run the ball here in Tampa, how well Tampa can run the ball against the Packers. Obviously, teams have had a lot of success running the ball. Uh, Bucks have gotten a lot better at doing that here in the last month, but it really hasn't been a strength of them in general this season. When the, when the they started off the season with so much promise, I mean, like on fire, and then things kind of cooled for them. What happened? Yeah, I mean, they started 3-1, and one, uh, had a nice win against the Vikings early on. Uh, they've certainly dealt with some injuries, but went from, whatever, 3-1 and one to 4-7. and seven, um, And then won the last two to kind of get back in, 
uh, you know, at least competing for the postseason. Yeah, it's one of those where, I mean, they obviously most of the losses they have were to better teams. I mean, they've lost to the Eagles, Bills, the Niners. Um, missing one other one that they lost to. But, no, I, mean, I think, you know, they've been in uh, games like this. They've generally been in. They hadn't intentionally won. I mean, they lost to the Texans. They've lost to the Falcons. So, um I don't know that they need to win out to make the postseason, but this is a big win for them if they can get it. Um, you know, if they if they get three of the last four, that probably puts them in the postseason. Talk about Baker Mayfield, and he kind of he's kind of found a home, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it came in kind of in a tough spot. Fourth team in eleven months, you know, kind of didn't work out in Carolina. Had a little time with the Rams last year. And he settled in as one of the better kind of bargain signings in the NFL to have 20 touchdowns and be playing for $4 million. Uh, that, that's good by today's quarterback paycheck standards. Um, so right now I still don't know if he's done enough to, to merit him being the guy here. Uh, if he is, it'll cost a lot more than $4 million a year. Uh, but they've really rallied around him. I mean, this is something where, you know, it's a tough thing to come in and take over a team from Tom Brady. Um, but Baker's never, you know, lacked for confidence that way. Yeah, 20 touchdowns. I think it's only eight picks on the season. What has made him so good? Right. I mean, has it just been the fact that he's got guys to throw to, or has it been a concentration where they worked with him a little bit on just, you know, kind of better better judgment? Uh, what has it been? Yeah, I mean, he's got a, a new offensive coordinator, a first-time play caller here, Dave Canales. So um, they've kind of learned each other's strengths and tried to play to that. Obviously, he's had a good connection with Mike Evans. Mike has 10 of those 20 touchdowns himself. Uh, but it's kind of passed it around. I mean, if you look back at Sunday, I mean, Sunday's a game where they gave up a touchdown with, I don't know, three minutes to play. And, you know, Mayfield took him down the field, hit Chris Godwin for a 32-yard gain, and then 30 seconds left, hit their tight end, Kate Otten, for, for the go-ahead score. And that, that's a big win for them. If Atlanta wins that game, that they're pretty much in line for the rest of the season to be the, the team to beat the NFC South. And now it's a three-way tie. Um you know, kind of wide open compared to what it would have been if he doesn't make that pass and, and close out that win. Uh, the NFC South in general, what has made Carolina just – I thought what they did by putting decent talent or at least what seemingly was decent talent around Bryce Young, I thought, you know, at least he's got a supporting cast. It's been a train wreck. What what has made that so bad? Yeah, it really has been. Um, I, I had thought they'd be much better. Uh, obviously, the coaching didn't take. Uh, it seemed like Frank Reich is a guy that's, that's done this before would be, you know, something that could help Bryce Young. Uh, supporting cast definitely hasn't been what they wanted. If you think about the, the signings they've made, Miles Sanders is like a 1,200-yard rusher or a pro bowler last year. He's getting like 3-5 a carry as a backup now. Um, they've taken some injuries, especially on defense, that got hit at guard. And, I mean, I think their run game was a big part of their identity last year, and they really haven't had that. So that puts more on Bryce Young. Um, and as you said, not a lot to throw to, not a lot of downfield threats. So Bryce Young's yards per attempt is, is about as low as an NFL quarterback has right now. Um, this past week, it was less than four yards in attempt, I think. Um, so tough start for Bryce, and, and you don't want to see an NFL career, a number one pick, you know, start with such a struggle. Uh, but he'll have a new coach, he'll have a new system, and then probably a decent amount of new teammates this time next year. Uh, getting back to uh, Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay coming into this, they're a little bit banged up. I know Vita Vey was a little bit banged up. He's such a force in the middle. Defensively speaking, the Packers don't have a lot when it comes to the run game. They've got a banged up Aaron Jones. They've got a broken thumb on A.J. Dillon. They don't have a lot. Is the concentration just to be able to keep uh, Jordan Love in the pocket, you would assume, because he also has some guys that are ailing when it comes to weaponry? Yeah, I would think so. This is a team that, that has let opposing quarterbacks pass on him pretty well. 
Uh, Desmond Ritter threw for whatever, 352, I think, last week. Drake London went for 172 on him. Um, they'll get one corner back, but they lose the other. So Jamel Dean will be back for the first time in three weeks, but Carlton Davis didn't practice again today. I'm thinking he'll be out. Uh, like you said, not having Vita Vea definitely hurts against the run. They should have Devin White back, which helps a little bit in terms of the, a little bit of everything. They kind of had a, a first-time starter out there the last two weeks, uh, but they're banged up. I mean, that's definitely that's, that's three or four defensive starters they'll be playing without on Sunday. This uh, this game coming in because the Packers need this one. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay needs this one. If you're going to say there's one or two things that are going to be the determining factor in this game, what would they be? You know, I, I think Jordan Love is a big X factor here. You know, I, I think if, if he can play a, a game with one turnover or no turnovers and make plays, that'll go a long way. I mean, Bucks, I think, are plus six in turnover margin. That's been a big part of why they've played well. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been a much better quarterback on the road. It seems odd, but I think he has 13 touchdowns against uh, four interceptions on the road. He's been much better away from home. So uh, it it seems trite, but I really think if there's one team that can get about plus two in the turnover margin, that'll go a long way to winning. Yeah, they get after the quarterback, too. They got, what, uh, close to 40 sacks in the season, right? Yeah, Bucks have done well with that, and it kind of comes from all over. I think they have eight guys with three or more sacks. Uh, I don't think anybody has more than six or six and a half, so it's not like you just got to focus on taking one guy away. They'll blitz linebackers. Antoine Winfield is having a, a Pro Bowl season. I think he's got four sacks in addition to like three, four fumbles, a couple picks. Uh, so they come at you a different way. It's one of those where, you know, sometimes that's worked well with young quarterbacks and other times it hasn't. C.J. Stroud had a huge day, had five touchdowns against his defense. So, uh, yeah. no, I mean, what they can do to, to keep Jordan Love in check will go a long way to their, their chances of success here. Outside looking in, I know that, uh, you know, because here we pay so much attention to Jordan Love, obviously following up after two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Give me the outside perspective of Jordan Love. Oh, I've been uh, impressed so far. I mean, I think, you know, going into the year, he's got one start. You know, I mean, it, it's so hard to know who he'll be. Um, I don't think they've had the team success that, that they probably have wanted. But, I, no, I think he's answered whether he's the guy. You know, I think to see, obviously, things, you know, it's been a lost year for Aaron Rodgers. No, I've been impressed. Um, you know, I think so much of a quarterback's uh, outside perception is just can you lead your team to victory? So it, it's cruel, but, I mean, he's got a chance here to, to stick. And, you know, the NFC's bad enough where you could have an 8-9 and nine team make this postseason as a wild card. So I think it's definitely the best thing he can do is, is, is set the bar high and, and be a playoff team in your first year as a starter, um, even though there are a lot of other factors that, that decide whether you get to do that or not. Um, he has a chance to, to solidify himself, you know, in terms of his reputation nationally by, by leading them to a couple wins here to get in the postseason. Completely off topic, but I'm going to ask you about the NFL in general. When you look at the NFL as a whole, I mean, you've been covering it a long time. You and I have watched a lot of games. When you look at yeah. it as a whole and you see so many teams jumbled up for a wild card, which is great, but it's also because so many quarterbacks, so many high-profile quarterbacks have gone down this season. Is it a fun season or is it a disappointing season because we we haven't seen the best of the best go at it? Right. It's definitely a little bit chaotic, and especially in the AFC, honestly. I mean, there's probably six AFC quarterbacks that have been lost for the year. When you think about no Burrow, when you think about Rodgers as part of that group, uh, even Anthony Richardson as a young guy went down early. Uh, Deshaun Watson, it just seems like uh, – Every other week, you're seeing backup quarterbacks go head-to-head. So that, that definitely 
Um, that's going to happen year to year, but I think that kind of dilutes the product. It, I mean, in some cases, it, it makes for better stories. I mean, you look at what Tommy DeVito has done and what Jake Browning has done and some of these backups that we probably didn't expect much from that are leading their team to victory. Um, if anything, that can be a spark. That can be a cool storyline instead of it being the same 32 guys you expected to see. Um, it's just an unusual cluster of them. I mean, I think what it does is, I mean, there's whatever, 24 NFL teams out of 32 that are within a game of the playoffs with four weeks to play. So I think you have right. a ton of markets that, that still are invested in their season. And that's still the NFL. NFL loves parity, loves lots of teams knowing they're still alive. Um, you just want to have it with probably a little bit more star power leading the way. Right. No doubt about it. Greg, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate it, pal. And we'll talk to you real soon. See you at Lambeau. All right. Thanks again. Happy holidays. Thanks, bud. You too. There you go. Greg Allman. He uh, covers for Fox Sports. He covers the NFC South. And when you think about it, and that's the reason I wanted to ask him. He's seen a lot of football. But when you think about it, it's like so many teams are still involved. But like you mentioned, a lot of the star power is gone. You know, Justin Herbert was the latest to go down with an injury. Richardson went down. Rodgers went down. Burrow went down. So, you know, Kirk Cousins goes down. So many teams have lost their starting quarterback all throughout the season. And it's been, and yet here we are with so many teams. And now it comes down to who ended up doing their homework and finding one of the better backup quarterbacks to guide your team. And he's right. A story like DeVito, tremendous story, tremendous story. And, you know, you know, you, you talk about what went on up in Minnesota. They jumped on the bandwagon for a little bit and then the bandwagon fell apart, you know? So just an interesting, interesting weekend as we start to head in towards the home stretch, the last four games of the NFL season. Which, like I said before, it's exciting because a lot of these games have meaning coming up this weekend. Tonight, it is a Robert Specialty Meets Night. It is going to be. Uh, do a little dinner at home. we got a going-away party we have to make an appearance at. But uh, tonight, a uh, little, little steak, little grill, because it's going to be a nice day out today. It's going to be uh, close to 50, 51, 52, I think. It's going to be a nice day, nice night. Do a little grilling, heading down to Robert's. Plus, if you are going to get your Christmas ham, your Christmas turkey, your Christmas prime rib, tenderloin. You better order it now. Call them. Get a hold of them. Go to robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. That's robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. And get a hold, a hold of Paul Roberts and say, Paul, got to hang on to that order, man. Here comes Christmas. Again, robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. robertsspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, ho, ho! I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 
Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Grant, by any chance, did you see what Mark Cuban had to say about the whole Giannis game ball controversy? Mark Cuban chimed in? The Cubes? Yeah. I did not see what he said. He said if he was in the arena, he would have given the ball to the rookie. With situations like that, I'd take the box score. I'd get his teammates to sign it and then frame it for him, meaning for Giannis. He said, but I'd give the ball to the rookie. It means more to the rookie. Cuban went on to say that if it was – his home game, he'd give the ball to the rookie unless the first player was fine. The first-year player was fine with Adenokounmpo getting the ball. He also said Adenokounmpo could have uh, bartered for the ball. For example, he could have offered you know, a signed jersey with a congratulatory message about his first NBA points instead of just trying to take the prize for himself. said Giannis handled it poorly. Giannis Which, might have handled uh, it poorly, but he deserves yeah. that ball. <clears throat> He also uh, says that uh, um, that uh, the the player for the Pacers um, that made he made the free throw on su- on Saturday, but it didn't count because the final stats didn't count it or whatever the hell happened. So he didn't get that that game ball from that game because it wasn't his official first point. But basically said, look, the 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 game ball should have went to the rookie. And then Giannis could have handled it better. But he said if he was in the arena, he would have bartered that. Bartered that deal. He would have brokered that deal out. Okay, Mark. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you say. Why would any? I, it blows my mind that there's a single person out there that thinks that Oscar Shibway deserves that ball more than Giannis. And, I, and, I, and I've heard and seen people out say, well, Giannis is going to score. He's going to have a career high again. No, I don't think he is. Like, I don't think he's scoring 64 again. I don't think he's breaking that record again. Right. Why would anyone consider or think that? I don't know. I, I mean, I said jokingly yesterday, I'll go score 66, but, you know, it is what it is. But I like his idea of saying Giannis would have given him a jersey, signed the jersey, and said congratulations on your first points. That may mean something down the road. Who knows? But, you know, to have that basketball, I think, would be kind of cool, too. If it was my, my first points in the NBA. It'd be like your first home run in baseball, you know? You'd want that back. Or your first base hit. You'd want that back. You know, something to that effect. I, I, but anyway, that's Mark Cuban chiming, chiming in. Cubans, I'm interested to see what Cuban's about to do because he, he sold off so much of the Mavs and he's leaving. It feels like he's fixing to make some sort of move. Like he's doing something. I don't know what he's up to. I don't know either. I don't know either. And and it's it's his story is so incredible because he took – it was the old broadcast.com that he sold, which is what we all use today. It's just not named that anymore. It's his technology. For everything, for every podcast you listen to, for everything you hear that's uploaded, that he invented that. Did you know that? Of all of the rich millionaires and billionaires, I think they're all gross to some degree, but I don't mind Mark Cuban. Politics aside, like his money aside, I, on Shark Tank, he always seems to be pretty reasonable, and he seems to want to accomplish a lot of good with his money. I, I don't have a yeah. problem with the cubes. No, I don't either. I, I mean, I he, he's kind of off the rails every now and then, but I don't I don't mind it at all. I don't mind him at all. He's, if he's, if you grade him on a curve versus other millionaires and billionaires who are also off the rails, he's he's doing okay. I guess. All right, right. No, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. He's at least um, – I had a chance when we were down in Dallas to uh, for the Super Bowl, I had a chance to meet him. 
he made his way around Radio Row a little bit. And he really is kind of a cool guy. He, he's, he's a little out there, you know, but then again, tell me somebody who's got billions that isn't. He's a little out there, but he, he's probably more down to earth and more just a fan guy. I mean, this was a guy that was, him and his buddies were in dorms, you know, trying to invent this technology because they wanted to record stuff. I mean, and that's what they came up with, you know? So it wasn't like he was, you know, loaded with money to begin with or anything like that. It was the guy made his, made his billions and then sold it off and then invested it well and followed his, followed his childhood dream and bought the Mavericks. And so, yeah, he, uh, and then obviously the franchise has exploded when it comes to values. So he gets his money, he, he doubles down on his money in that way. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a neat story. You know, he really is. Anytime an owner sells their share in a team, like uh, Lazary did this and now Cuban, everyone's like, what does he know? Why is he getting out? It's like, I don't know. He made a couple billion bucks. Like, why does that have to mean anything? He made billions of dollars. That seems like a good business transaction. Yep. Hey, if, if if you could make billions, not have the stress of running the company, so to speak. I mean, you still want to see... The Mavericks do well, I'm sure, as a fan. He still wants to see him do well and win. But if you could do all of that and still be the fan and still hang on to retention for portions of and just enjoy the rest of your life and do whatever you wanted to do, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Do that in a heartbeat. Although on days like this, uh, we may, you know, have – well, you'd be in the money. I'd certainly pay you more. But we'd have other people fill in on days that I didn't have much of a voice. Yes. Other than that, I'd do the same thing. I'd do the same thing. All right, let's do this. One hour down, we got a lot more yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.